welcome to Hot Weekly. Greetings, everyone. Jonathan here, and though I am absolutely loath to do two of these Redux episodes back-to-back like this, it is kind of necessary. As we mentioned to you last week, we came down with COVID, um, and even though today uh, we're both doing much, 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 much better, uh, Crystal actually had her first day back in her office. She worked all last week remotely, is back in the office today. They let her back, and I've put in a full day of work in my office, too. The main thing we can't do reliably is sit and talk for an hour because we both have a cough and a lot of congestion still it's going away it's getting better i haven't even had to take sinus medicine today but yeah we didn't really want to sit here and have an hour-long conversation sniffling snorting hacking and coughing the whole time because i suck at audio editing and i don't want to have to edit all that out and i probably wouldn't anyway so yes, uh, in the meantime, enjoy a new, enjoy a revisited episode. This is actually a very timely one. Right now, haunts everywhere are starting to think about their brand and their marketing. Well, here are seven ways in which you, which haunts, can sabotage their own branding. We will see you all next week. Welcome to Haunt Weekly. I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this is Haunt Weekly, a weekly podcast on the Attraction Hunter Entertainment community. Whether you're an actor, owner, or just plain aficionado, we aim to be a podcast for you. And we are back home. Yay! Yay, we are back home. We are both sick, not with coronavirus. No. Or no. anything exciting. No. <laughs> no, this is just some random bull crap we picked up in Wichita. Yeah. <laughs> and... Nothing can be bothered to go to Wichita, not even coronavirus. <laughs> so, yes, we are fine. We're just stuffy a little cold. I'm on the downslope of it right now. Right. I'm coming out. You seem to be just getting into it now. Yeah, because I was allergic to Wichita. Yeah. Um, the entire time I was there, I was yeah. having allergy problems. And finally got over those and was able to breathe, and now I can't again. So that's yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like every chronic condition the three of us have yeah. was made worse by Wichita. Yeah, I mean Ellie's allergies were off the charts. Yeah, I mean I, I've never seen her that bad. No. I'm actually really glad she's seeing her allergist today. <laughs> today, yeah. Um, you had allergy problems. And my, uh, my, my gastrointestinal issues were not doing well. It wasn't the food. No. And that, that food wasn't gonna get anyone's stomach riled up, believe me. Yeah. But, um, it, I was, my stomach was not doing well the entire time I was there. But anyways, enough about that. Um, this is Haunt Weekly. You can find us at hauntweekly.com, Haunt Weekly on Twitter, Haunt Weekly on Facebook. YouTube.com slash Haunt Weekly is our YouTube channel. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Anywhere the podcasts are distributed, really, we should be there already. Yeah. I think we're even in, like, Spotify and stuff. It's cool. Nice. Nice. Good work. But, yes, as we said, we are back, <clears throat> so we have our more normal setup this week. Right. Wunda Butter, good news. <clears throat> Still a bit sniffly, like I said, and there's not much I can do about it. No. 
but yes, this week's episode is an interesting one. It's Seven Ways Haunts Sabotage Their Branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into it in more detail in a minute, but this is something that we actually started talking about um, right after we got back from the trip. Yes. Um, and it just kind of blossomed into, and we said, okay, we've got to save this for the podcast. We, we're, we're starting to talk too much about this. Exactly. So we, it's one of those deals. So there's going to be a lot in here. Hopefully that is useful to you guys. If you are in any way involved in the branding or marketing or you know advertising of your haunt, this is definitely an episode you want to be thinking about and probably spreading among your uh, crew because it's going to involve a lot of stuff not for the advertisers and marketers. Right. So, stuff to think about here. But first thing is first, we've got to do our conference reminders. It's an even episode. That means I'm the even ball. <coughs> and that still doesn't work. No. But I do kick things off. Coming up March 19th through the 22nd in St. Louis, Missouri, it's Trans World's Halloween and Attraction Show at the America Center, co-located with Trans World's Christmas Show and the Room Escape Show. Three of the five conferences they do are now in one place at one time. Um, they will be touring Darkness and Lint Brewery behind the scenes, also a party at City Museum on Thursday, a performance by the Vampire Circus on Friday, and a werewolf ball on Saturday, the Ha Show, H-A-A-S-H-O-W.com. More information. Been seeing a lot of chatter in the Facebook groups about people going to this. So, yeah. <clears throat> good luck to all of you that are going. Yes. Okay, then May 15th through the 17th, it's West Coast Haunters Convention in Portland, Oregon, at the Doubletree Hotel, Portland, touring the Fear Haunted House. Also includes a costume ball, a silent auction, and the Nightmare After West Coast Haunters Convention Film Festival with a secret selection of films. HauntersConvention.com for more info. Yeah, a lot of neat stuff there. Okay, May 15th through the 17th, the same days. In Ohio, at the Ohio State Reformatory, in Mansfield, Ohio, the Ohio State Reformatory, it's the Ohio Halloween and Haunters Convention. Features a ghost hunt, a costume party, and haunted house tours. OhioHHC.com. Okay, June 5th through the 7th, it's Midwest Haunters Convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, at the Renaissance Schaumburg Convention Center Hotel. They will be touring Abandoned Haunted House, Complex, Disturbia, and Evil Intentions. Features a costume party in a kid's zone, MidwestHauntersConvention.com for more info. And finally, June 26th through the 28th at the Oak Campgrounds in Munich, Michigan, it's Michigan Haunt Fest. A neat little deal where you get to camp out with your fellow haunters under the stars. Um, features, demos, make and takes, and more. Uh, some of the proceeds will be benefiting the Humane Society. MichiganHauntFest.Weebly.com. More details. They do encourage everyone to remember that the camping is separate from the conference. A conference ticket does not guarantee you a camping spot. If you're going to that, I'd book as soon as possible. Yeah. Guarantee your place to camp. That's your thing. If you're there to camp. If you're not there to camp, then I can't really help you. <laughs> yeah. All right. A uh, quick update about us, what's going on in our little world. Well, we are back from Wichita, as we discussed earlier. It took another 16 hours of driving. Yeah. And unfortunately for poor Crystal, she had to do virtually the entire leg home. I was able to do some the first day of travel. Right. Yeah, I was able to do a fair amount the first day. Yeah, we we split it pretty evenly the first day. But the second day, I, the the cold and everything, I was not in good shape. No. I was barely stumbling around. I was in no condition to be driving a one-ton death machine 75 miles an hour down a highway. 
Yeah, that's probably true. Things would have gotten a little too interesting if I, that had happened. Yeah. But nonetheless, Crystal toughed it out and finished it, even with that weird problem on I-10 where we had to divert around. Yeah. But she pulled through. She was amazing, as we all know. I mean, we all knew this. <laughs> She's amazing. Got through it and got home. Um, Don't have a lot to add. I did a little bitch fest about Wichita Last week, I think everything still stands. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the thing about it, it's like, it's a, it's a great place to go if you fear bad things happening more than you enjoy good things. Yeah. Because it's like, it, it's a, it's a place where nothing really happens and that's what everyone tells you is great about it. Yeah. And on Sundays, everything closes at six. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> and a- during the week, it closes at 10. It's a very sanitized uh, place in a lot of ways. And someone used to the, the grit, the grime, the spice yeah. of New Orleans, it's it, it, it's a hell of a shift in mentality for me. I was not ready for it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I got to say, the uh, museums were pretty cool that we went to. We went to two that I remember very well. There was the World Treasures Museum just in Wichita. Right. Um that was actually pretty interesting. I mean, I was glad we went. It was a cheap museum, all things considered. Yeah. And it takes a few hours to go through. So it was, I, I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but long and short of it is, um, they, they, and that was actually the first time I had been, that I can recall being in the presence of actual dinosaur skeletons. Yes. Which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up um, near Dallas area. So I grew up with giant displays of giant, of, uh, dinosaurs and museums all around Texas. So, um, but yeah, we were excited that you got to see dinosaurs. Yeah, it was very cool. And on the way home, we hit up the, um, action t- toy and action figure museum. It's in a small town off of I 35 in Oklahoma. Yeah. South of Oklahoma city is the best way to describe it. I'm yeah. sure you're going to look it up for me. Make sure I say this right. Um, it is a super cool little museum. It's not very big in terms of square footage. It's about the size of like a storefront in a small town building because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, don't expect it to be like this huge giant museum with multiple floors and whatnot. No. But they have 13,000 um, different items up for display. Right. And it's in Poles Valley, Oklahoma. Okay. And yeah, if you, if you happen to be in the area, and the most likely reason you'd be in the area is you're going from Dallas somewhere north or going south into Dallas. Or going yeah, you're going into- to Oklahoma City or something. Yeah, going between that run between Dallas and Oklahoma City. I'd recommend stopping by. You'll see signs for it. Yeah. Definitely worth the trip in my mind. Um, Several little diners in the area that were interesting. Yeah, a lot of little things you can do in the town itself if so inclined. Um, yeah, all in all, I really had a good time there. 13,000 things, and it's neat because there's stuff in, like, every era you can fathom of action figures, all the way to the modern day. Yeah. And you're guaranteed to find a few things from your childhood floating around there. Yeah, you definitely are. And, um, and they have, you know, a missing poster for an action figure that was misplaced probably by a kid because they do have a kid's playroom. They can go and play with all the action figures. They have, like, a weird story going through all of it. It's kind of bizarre. And also, Waldo's in there somewhere. I did not find him. (coughs) No, we found neither the um, the missing action figure nor Waldo. I mean, and then you would think it wouldn't be that difficult, but it is. Like I said, there's 13,000 things in there. The Batman collection alone, I think, had, like, two or 3,000 Batman toys. It was incredible. It was. Um, like I said, it's every Batman you can fathom. It was so cool. 
so those two things were great. Uh, other than that, I don't have a lot to add about Wichita. It was nice to see Ellie's family. Yeah. They were cool. We got to hang out a bit. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to the topic of the week now that we're about 10 minutes in. Perfect time. Um, so we discussed branding, the basics of branding, way, 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 way in episode 83. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And look, we know that you guys listen and retain absolutely everything we say from every episode perfectly. Yeah, we are like definitely. We, we are like idols to you, and you have no choice <laughs> but to hinge on our every word like it's scripture. I get it; it's okay. So <laughs> I think we just lost a lot of listeners. With that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just laughing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> nope, it's not. No, fuck you, I, Jonathan. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the case. That would be a completely unreasonable expectation. Right. But seriously, that episode does contain the fundamentals of branding, including the 10 elements of a brand um, and various ways that you can hone on it. But here's the thing. To summarize what we need to do to get to what we're discussing today, um, it's important to remember your brand is not your advertising, your website, and your social media, etc. Those are parts of the brand. Right. Oftentimes, very important parts, especially since they are in parts of the brand you directly control. Mm-hmm. But they are not the brand. Instead, the brand is what your customers think and feel about your haunt. Yeah. <clears throat> and you want that, obviously, to be a positive experience. You want it to be something, and a brand that they connect with, that they feel strongly about, and that they are willing to spend money to return to. Right. If you have a brand where as being this cheap, no good haunt, you're not going to get that. But if you have a brand for being a high quality haunt or, you know, a haunt of a specific type that really caters to their tastes, yeah. then you will. Or cheap and fun. Yeah, cheap and fun's fine. Yeah. Like, I meant like cheaply built and cheaply run. And designed and not right. a lot of love and work put yeah, into exactly. it. exactly. If you get a reputation and a brand for that, yeah, um, <clears throat> Now, you're pretty much screwed. I can't really help you there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's established. But, basically, your brand is established through a combination of all of your marketing, everything that you do to promote your haunt. So, that website, that social media, mm-hmm. your advertising, et cetera, and the customer experience. And all, it includes all customer interactions, any interactions they have with you online leading up to it. Um, the interactions, what they experience when they go through your haunt, everything right. combines to make that, uh, to make your brand. Yes, including um, after they leave, if they leave you a review or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. That also ties I into think, yeah, it. Everything. <clears throat> so, it's the totality of the customer experience and what they walk away feeling and thinking about your haunt. And, and so, what that means is, even if you do everything perfect... Um, with your marketing side, if your uh, customer service side or your actual customer experience isn't up to snuff, and we're going to talk about this in more detail, the brand still sucks. Yeah. Um, a, it'll be inconsistent. And B, it's going to walk away because you can't advertise your way past a bad customer experience. But we'll get into more detail on that in a minute. Right. But yeah, it's a combination of all that stuff. And basically, your goal as the marketer, as the haunt owner, is to have all of that tie into one brand, one very consistent message that your customers can identify with. Mm-hmm. And that could be, we are the scariest haunt um, in the region. It could be we are the family-friendly haunt. We're the one that wants families to come by and spend an afternoon, like what Scout Island's doing, more or less. Right. You can be 
I mean, oh, we're the actual haunted house. Yeah. That's what the mortuary is trying to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Things like that. But it's this brand. You want it to all tie together to give your customers a simple message that they connect, identify with, and want to pay money to experience again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want your customers to come back. <laughs> you don't want them to go once and go, well, that was crap. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the greatest, probably the greatest mind in the advertising industry has ever known, David Ogilvy, mm-hmm. had a great line that said, advertising can sell a bad product once. Mm-hmm. It can't sell it twice. Yep. And that's truth. Yep. This is why he's David Ogilvy and why I'm some schlub on a podcast. <laughs> you know? Yep. He said smart things like that decades before I was bored. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, all, all in all, these, uh, th- this is what you're thinking of with a brand. And the problem is when we go to visit haunts, yeah. especially when we go to visit haunts that we don't know as well, like we go to that Houston trip or we go right. to the Atlanta trip. Yeah. We research the hell out of these haunts. We're giving ourselves all these interactions with haunts. Right. And basically what we're trying to do is learn everything we can. And one thing that happens so often is we find that the haunts are sabotaging their branding. Yeah. Through sometimes abject stupidity is the only way to describe it. That's fair. I think that's fair. In I some mean, cases, it's, it's, oftentimes it's just not being aware, though. Yeah, and I mean, easy. it's easier for us with the local ones to yeah. see when they mess up, because we've been following them for yeah. so long. Yeah, but I've even seen it with, like, these new haunts that we go to, and, like, the website and the printed materials don't line up with the experience when we arrive. Yeah. Which, doesn't, which the experience on the exterior doesn't line up with the experience in the haunt. Right. And so on and so on. Yeah. Diddly, diddly, dee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but here's just some of the ways we've observed haunts really messing up and sa- self-sabotaging their branding. Yeah. This obviously is not an all-encompassing list, Mm-mm. but it's the goal here was to make a list that is a targeted at haunts because I don't want to say things you could say about just any business. Right. You know, kind of mess that up with the first one. Um, first, yeah. Because we, we that's how we start talking about was our local bar. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second, but no. Um, but also, like I said, the most common ones we see. Yeah. But the first one is definitely the most common one we do see. Yes. <laughs> in the haunt industry. But it also does apply to other businesses, including our favorite bar, probably. Yeah. Which is inconsistent logo slash design. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we covered this one in that previous episode um, way, way back to something we harped right. on in 83. But it, it bears repeating because haunts do this wrong all the time. Um. <sighs> If I, if you should, if you have print ads, a website, TV ads, um, a social media campaign, etc. Right. I should know immediately, just by looking, just by glancing, the faintest wisp of, of a look. I should know they're all from your haunt. Yeah, and I would even extend that to the, your tickets. Mm. If you're paying for those premium tickets, brand it. I yeah. mean, put that stuff on there. Don't, it, we it, actually yeah. keep those. We have a drawer full yeah. of haunt tickets from over the years. Yeah. And, and now we don't keep the ones where like they just went to Office Depot and came No, the, no, no. That doesn't say anything. Right. But the ones that are printed printed and actually say the haunt yeah. and the day we went and did like a advanced yeah. ticket. Oh yeah, we keep those. Yeah. Those are treasured. Yeah. And I mean there's some of them where I'm like, I don't have any idea where this is from. It's like a little ticket, but <laughs> it says haunted house. <laughs> yeah. No, it's from a haunted house. 
Yeah, but I mean, it didn't have the... Yeah, but that's anyway. just it, is you mm-hmm. run into the situation, and it, and it extends not just to your tickets, it extends to your online ticketing, because how many haunts have we dealt with? We're like, okay, buy tickets here, and you get whisked to a site that looks nothing like the Haunted Attractions website. Right. Looks nothing like anything else they've ever put out, and I'm no longer sure I'm putting my credit card information in the right place. Right, exactly. And part of that's having to deal with third-party the vendors, and I, I get that, things, yeah. But, but but a lot of that is these third-party vendors do offer customization, and a lot of haunts just don't do it. Yeah, they I don't mean... take that extra five minutes to change the background color. Exactly. If, <coughs> I mean, if you have that situation, you can at least change it to your colors. And you should know what your colors are. Yeah, and that's the other another key component of this. I mean, we're harping on design broadly, but, I mean, it's your logo, it's your colors, it's your typography. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should have fonts. Yeah. You should have fonts. You should know the fonts that go into your logo and the fonts that you use for your text and the fonts that you use for everything. You should have a consistent typography throughout everything. Yeah. And that's something that's so easy to do. It is. I mean, okay, you can't change the font on your Facebook post, for example. Right. You can't control that. We all know that Facebook has that locked down. Fine. But in your print ads, your tickets, your website, all that stuff, yeah, you can control it. Yeah. And if it looks consistent, that's one of those visual cues, I'm in the right place. Yep, exactly. And it's a surprisingly powerful one. You would be amazed <coughs> how weird it is. Like, if I went through and handed you a McDonald's ad, but changed their typography around, yeah. it would not look like a McDonald's ad. I believe everything else, even the logo. Yeah. Leave the photo. Leave the photo of the Big Mac. Whatever. You would think it was a knockoff. You, you would think it was McDowell's from <laughs> yeah. Coming to America or something. Yeah. You would think it was some second-rate knockoff, and you, know, you wouldn't be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it sure as heck would feel like one. It would. Um, so, yeah, here's the thing, and here's how you avoid this one. Establish design rules. If you do not have a design Bible yeah. for your haunt, take some time. Now, we're in March. This is a good time to do it. Yeah. Now is a great time to think about this and do this. You're probably not too deep in the build. Right. Um, and, and now you're thinking about all these promotional things. Now's a great time to do this. Create a design Bible. Select your colors, including the RGB and CMYK values, and possibly Pantones if you're into that. Well, I, or if your printer requires it. <coughs> I don't know if Most Pantones don't. are still a thing, really. In yarn, they are. Uh, yeah, I, I know they're a thing, but... <laughs> I don't know if they are in printing, because I don't do that kind of printing that much anymore. I used to do deal with Pantones all the time, right. about 20-ish years ago. Yeah. But the world has moved on for me in that area, so I don't know how big of a deal it is. But yes, RGB for your online stuff, CMYK for your print stuff, Pantones for your two-color print jobs, etc. Right. Two- and three-color print jobs. Um, yeah, get it there. Set your typography rules, and have a look version of your logo that you can resize and manipulate uh, into just about any environment. And once again, we've mentioned Canva, yeah. I think, 8 billion times here. Yeah. Canva is one of the best tools for this. I know where you would use Pantone. Where? If you were going to pick up paint to paint your gift shop the same colors as your Okay. As your logo. Yeah, you might use it. Yeah, that's a good point, though. No, you're right. You're right. Because it does apply paint. to the paint. Well, yeah, exactly. It, is, it does use Pantones uh, fairly well. And if, and if they don't use Pantones, you can go to Home Depot. They'll do a conversion on it. Right. Well, that's, that, there you go. Good. That is a valid point. Yeah. 
That's I'm like, where have point. I seen Pantones recently? Yeah, that, yeah, that, you're right, Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're right, Home Depot. Uh, you're 100% right. Good point. Good, excellent. Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Good point. <laughs> All right. No, but, but anyways, yeah. yeah, so set this up. Set up your design Bible now. Uh, and I, my advice, honestly, is if you're not very good at like keeping the designs consistent, sign up for Canva. Let it hold your hand through all this. Yeah. Because what you do with Canva is you set up your colors. You set up, you know, your put your logo in. Mm-hmm. And it will do the resizing and reformatting to make sure your Facebook and your the Twitter pro does. Yeah. Yeah. The Pro will resize it for you automatically. Yeah. And it is worth getting the Pro. Yeah. It's not. My broke ass pays for the Pro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can get the Pro too. Oh, God. One of those episodes. Uh huh. <laughs> getting worked up. <laughs> Number two irrelevant or inappropriate merchandise for your brand. <sighs> Yeah. Now, one ninety, we talked about gift shop blues. Yeah. And the idea was, I we wanted to see um, haunts move past the merch booth and start actually offering gift shops. Right. And that means pairing with local artists. That means having things that aren't directly related to your brand, but like fit within the sphere of what you're trying to do. Right. Exactly. And makes sense to be there. You're not putting, you know, sunshine flowers and kittens in your haunted attraction gift shop. Right. You know, but. You are putting in uh, things that aren't directly tied to your brand. Yes. And that's fine. That's fine. That type of expansion, I think, is a good thing. And as long as nothing is, like, completely incongruent... Right. Um, you're good. Mm-hmm. But I'm focusing today on the merch side of it. Right. Which is where you're making stuff that is supposed to represent your brand directly. Yeah. And, yeah. Basically, you know, the difference between merch and a gift shop is a merch only has things with your logo on it that are from Joe's Haunted House. Yeah. Where the gift shop has stuff made by tons of other people. Yeah. And the way that I see this most messed up mm-hmm. is on t-shirts. Oh, God. And that's because, like, so there's some haunted houses that'll buy a generic print on the front. Yeah. And then put their information on the back Tiny of the t-shirt. Logo on the back, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's so generic that sometimes I wind up seeing that print in Walmart. Yeah. That's not <coughs> branded for you. No. No, but it, it is not. And that's one of the problems. I mean, we have seen, and some these are some major haunted houses we've yeah. seen make this mistake. This isn't the, just the small fish no. record. Major haunted houses make this slip up. Like, yeah. Huge ones. And what they'll do is, and what I'm pretty sure happens, I should say, yeah. is that they're getting the artwork either from, cause they, they, and I think one of the reasons it happens a lot at larger haunted houses is because of the bulk nature of what they have to do. Right. That oftentimes I think they're negotiating directly with factories. Yeah. And so what they're doing is they're getting in contact with these factories, probably in China, but who, you never really know. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the factories are like, yeah, we've got these really cool designs. Uh, mm-hmm. See, look, this one's got like, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse on it, and this one's got a ghost coming out of something. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty artwork. Yeah. And they'll say, yeah, and what we'll do is for X amount, we'll put your logo on the back, and you can sell it in your merch booth, and diddly diddly dee. Moving yeah. on. And what they're not telling you is that they're also selling those exact same goddamn images to everyone else who asks. Yeah, exactly. Because they only have a certain amount. Yeah. They've got 12 styles or whatever. Yeah. And they're selling them to anyone who calls them up. This exactly. is a bulk business. And we have literally 
gone, bought t-shirts from Haunted House, paid $35 or whatever. Yeah. And then the next day, um, we wanted to, we went online to look for a different size or something. Well, yeah, you might, we could ship one for your brother or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And we find out, oh crap, you can get them on Amazon without the, the, the Haunted House logo on the back, but you can get them on Amazon for like 12. Yeah. And that's basically when we stopped buying. Yeah. Haunt shirts from places that have that particular problem. Yeah, and then they're, like I said, it's largely the big ones. I don't. Yeah, the small ones. I think what they do is they typically. Well, I know they do this because I've helped them do it. Yeah, <laughs> they put their logo and they put their stuff on a T-shirt and get it screen printed somewhere locally or um, a, a U.S. based screen printer just does custom work. Right, and they get a, a discount on that. <coughs> Excuse me, which yeah. means they're making less per shirt. But at least you know every shirt is uniquely theirs. Exactly. Yeah. Because no one else is putting Bob's Haunted House on the front of the t-shirt, you know? Right. And and that was the thing. It, it, it's one of those deals where, yeah, we've had to stop buying. When we see, when we, you can always kind of spot it because it has this generic-ish design. Um, you just, you kind of, you kind of can tell. It's hard to say exactly, but you, you'll recognize it when you see it. Um, but yeah, and while we're talking about this exact issue... Um, make sure everything fits your branding overall. And one of the problems with those generic t-shirts is they don't fit any brand. They right. kind of, they're kind of meant to be like every brand. Yeah. And that doesn't really work. Mm-mm. You know, it's got to be something special to you. <laughs> your logo, your slogan, your character. Right. <clears throat> Maybe a, a particular scene or Maybe your facade or something. Yeah. Something that visually represents you. Yes. Has got to be it. Something that literally could be any haunted house in the entire world. Yeah. Even if I can only find that t-shirt there, Mm -hmm. it still isn't on brand. Right. Exactly. Um, And, you know, you can contract with those local artists that you're getting to do your gift gift shop stuff. You can contract them to make something for you. Make sure you've got your contract in place to say that you own the design afterwards. But, you know, you can do that. And that makes it definitely uniquely yours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and that way you can get something that's directly related to you and your brand as well and what you're doing and not getting just some generic stuff. Probably bought from overseas, yeah. um, and then can be trivially found on Amazon <coughs> or Walmart or wherever else, right? Without any effort, yeah. That's what you're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, also, be thinking about the types of items you want to sell. If you have a family friendly haunt, maybe you don't want to sell underwear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've the, never gotten that. Never gotten that at all. I mean, why would anyone want panties with a haunted house logo on it? Yeah. <clears throat> I, or, I don't get it. But no. if you have an adult-oriented haunt, maybe you shouldn't be offering kids clothes. Yeah. If you're advertising yourself as a place for the grown-ups, um, mm-hmm. don't have, you know, kids clothes in there. No. Yeah. Number three, lack of social media rules. Um, this one seems to be a, a, a growing problem. How does your social media accounts fit in with your other, other branding? Mm-hmm. Take the time to think about it. And... You might go, well, yeah, our social media is great. We are on brand. Our official accounts are totally on brand. Yeah. We got it down. Yeah. What about everyone else that works at your haunt? Right. What about your actors? What about your other employees and volunteers? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? 
No. You might be going, oh, well, here's the thing. They actually probably have a bigger reach and a bigger voice than your official accounts. Yeah. If you're a big enough haunt to have a huge social media presence, then you probably have enough people that combined, they have a bigger reach still. Yeah, they do. And this is people that they know personally. Yeah. In most cases. So you need to think about what they're saying. Like, well, we can't control that. You kind of can't. Because here's the thing. Uh, Most large companies have social media rules for their employees. Yeah. Uh, We've heard all endlessly about Ellie's bank that she works for and how they control her social media presence. And, and in their case, it's very much on the discouraging side of talking about uh, banking and getting getting away from that. Yeah. She's allowed to, but she has to disclose where she works. She has to mention she doesn't speak for her employer. Yeah. We've got a whole list of rules. And she just finds it easier not to talk about banking. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. That's a perfectly reasonable response. You obviously want to encourage your actors to, to participate in social media and, and right. hype you because this is going to be a big tool for you. Yeah. You could, um, you could even do things like make posts that they can share and ask them to share it. Yeah. You can do that. That's a good idea, actually. And that way you can handle any disclosures you feel the need to do that way. Right. Um, but also you need to encourage them to not give away secrets. Yeah. Don't, you know, if you have a char- characters that are hidden in the haunt and aren't necessarily marketing char- characters you put in your marketing. Right. Not your front of house not people. Not your front of house people. Tell them not to post photos of that. Yeah. Maybe don't post photos of you in makeup. Yeah. Uh, before the season's done. Right. Maybe don't <laughs> shoot a photo of, and share photos of the scene you're in. Mm-hmm. Because one of the problems you have a lot of times with a lot of haunts is you can see a significant amount of the haunt on the social media because the actors posting. Sure, and I get they're happy. They're really proud of the makeup they did or that they got. Mm-hmm. Pr- they love the room they're in. That's great. Keep it until after season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I see makeup artists posting pictures of their work. Yeah. Too. Which, you know, that that's not as troubling to me because it's not the person that, you know... People know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's somebody who does all the makeup. Um, but no, I mean, that. The the, the trick to it is you have to find your balance between what you share publicly to promote the haunt Mm -hmm. and what, um, you keep secret to keep the haunt engaging and surprising. Right. You've got to find a balance there. You can't just give away everything and then expect customers to act surprised. Also, if you're doing events on social media, this is not quite on topic, but, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Go ahead. Um, uh, be sure to invite all of your actors to the events, yeah. and that way they can share it out as an event. Yeah, that's a great idea. But, no, I like your idea of having prepackaged posts that they can share. Yeah. That way you can ensure no secrets are divulged and nothing is said that's off-brand. Right. And they can just share that. Yeah. That's a really great idea. Yeah, and if there is a an issue that comes up with your haunt, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's a bad review or something, also have rules for dealing with that and how actors probably shouldn't get involved with that. Yeah, let, let management handle that. Yeah. This is management's problem. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that's one of those things that I've seen. No, we, we've seen really, a lot that we really uh, enjoyed we don't go to anymore because nope. they handled a bad review so badly. Yeah. 
they unsold us. Yeah. They literally threatened violence against the pro- Yeah, they did. And I, uh, I mean, I, this was one of our favorite ones to go to, and we don't go we're anymore. We're not comfortable. No. I mean, A, I don't feel safe now. Right. Sorry, that's the wrong kind of not feeling safe and feeling scared for me. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Yep. That chest congestion will get you. But more to the point, we don't want to support a haunt that handles it that way. No. Right. And we can't, we can't encourage people to go. No. If they're going to act like that. No. And so, no, we just, we, we decided to cut that out completely and not deal with it. Yeah. It's, and it was, it was a tough one to get to anyway for us. We just really liked it, the people and really liked the haunt. Yeah. We made time for it. And it, honestly, we get a lot more done with haunt season by skip, by skipping on that particular yeah, one. Yeah. Cause that was an entire night. Yeah. It was more than an entire night. It was actually an afternoon, evening, night thing. Yeah. By the time all the travel was done. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <coughs> Inappropriate content for the brand. Okay. Yeah. We've talked about age appropriateness for the haunts, for haunted attractions. And how we would love to see some kind of rating system <clears throat> that would guide parents on whether or not this haunt is appropriate for little kids, you know, yeah. bigger kids, tweens, teens, or adults only, or whatever. You know? Right. And a lot of places do get that across in their marketing. Yeah, and they do. And, and that's a good thing. Uh, others do not. Right. <clears throat> but here's the thing. If you are operating a family-friendly haunt or you were targeting teen crowds... And this isn't just necessarily what's in your marketing, it's where you're marketing to. Yeah. If you are marketing in the Clipper, or you know, those, those coupon magazines. Yeah, or if your traditional customers yeah. hit that demographic. Yeah, or if you're using your Facebook targeting yeah. to reach a certain group. You know, you can manipulate that. Um, yeah, maybe if you're a family-friendly haunt, don't have naked props or sexual content in your haunt. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I mean, one year... We um we went to a local haunt and they yeah they suddenly had naked props everywhere. That's like we thought this was the haunt for teens, you yeah. know, older teens, but not naked prop teens. Yeah, and one year there was, the haunt only made it a couple of weeks, got shut down by the fire marshal. Yeah, we went to a haunted house. <laughs> That was being advertised by a local like artist commune. I think it was. The best yeah, I think they only had two open nights. <laughs> art collective type thing we went um not really knowing what to expect the marketing did not give any indication of content yeah and there was nudity lots of nudity yeah unsimulated sex yes not simulated sex actual sex yeah. taking place and this was in a haunted attraction yeah and the it's like well okay i'm not opposed to this being in the haunt in the right environment i understand you know, the, everything has a time and a place. Right. But, yeah, I should have gone in expecting this, or at least aware it was a possibility. Right. It was It was more the surprise than the content that bothered me with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to shy away from nudity and sex in my, my right. content. No. But it's just, I, I like to be aware of it <laughs> yeah. when I'm going in. And we were not. I mean, I, we had noticed they had kid-friendly hours. Right. But a lot of haunts do kid-friendly hours, which is basically a no-scare time. Exactly. And that's fine. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to do. But it, it doesn't clearly indicate, hey, this is a hard, you know, adults only. And, and, yeah, it's weird. We live in a country where sex is far worse than violence. Diddly, diddly. I get it. I don't understand it either. No. I don't understand why the Karens of the world get upset about nudity before them. You literally have props like people being disemboweled and 
climbing out of it, but yet uh, some boobies are worse. I don't understand that. No. But that's the country we live in. That's what we have to deal with. Yeah. We don't we don't make the rules. We're just living in them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You, and the main thing is you don't want to have to deal with angry parents or you don't want to have families that never come back. Because, like, the haunt you were talking about here that had the long, it's been doing it, they've been going for decade, over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of families, I suspect, did not return the next year. Yeah. Because of that. Had been going regularly, did not return. Um, yeah, I know that there were a couple of people who um, who we would regularly see there mm-hmm. that we didn't see the next year. Yeah. So, long story short, make sure the content is appropriate for your brand and the audience <laughs> that you're trying to reach. And don't make any drastic changes year to year, like what we're doing. There were suddenly naked props. Yeah. Boobies, penises, and prop format. Yeah. Yeah, don't, 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 don't do that. No. Uh, don't make a significant change year to year to year. Instead, try to keep, you know, your age appropriateness fairly consistent. No. Okay. Number five, things advertised not in the haunt. Chekhov's gun, basically, is what this one is. Yeah. The old adage about if a uh, gun is mentioned in the first third of a book or first third of a movie, it will definitely be fired in the last third type thing, right? Yeah. That is a promise. You're advertising, you're making promises for what is in your haunt. Mm-hmm. When you don't fulfill those promises, uh, people get disappointed. Yeah. It's really that simple. Um, yeah, basically, the marketing is the promise, the customer experience is the fulfillment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and customer experience makes up probably 80% or more of your branding. Yeah. Because if I go through your haunt, by the time I leave, I've probably forgotten most of your marketing. Right. Unless there was like something seriously incongruent there. Yeah. <laughs> that has happened. <laughs> that has happened. I've definitely yeah. remembered some advertising that you don't want me to still remember the marketing that got me there. Right. Um, you want me to be thinking about the experience. And that's what's going to be that lasting branding. Yeah. And then when you go back to advertising and marketing for the next season, right. you're trying to either build upon or hopefully not undo right. what my experience was. Hopefully yeah. it's build upon it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's, there are ways to, to do this correctly mm-hmm. where, you know, you, we're planning on a whole series of short Vignette, um, videos, yeah. videos yeah. over the summer that'll promote the haunt. And it's actually going to show, some of the things that are in the haunt. Yeah, but in a very different way than it will be shown, actually. Yes. It will not be like going through the haunt. No, no. But, I mean, it'll be talking about the story and telling it. And whenever you get there, you'll be better prepared for the story and what you're in. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, here's the thing. You have to fulfill promises. Like, going back to a local haunt again. One year, they had a commercial that was everywhere. Yeah. It was like, it was like Mike Bloomberg funded a campaign or something <laughs> for the, on that gear. Yeah. Their commercial was before every goddamn YouTube video. Yeah. And in every damn TV show, like I said, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God. It was like trying to escape Michael Bloomberg. Um, but the point is, um, they featured an old man, like coming out of the mist and something. He looked really, really cool. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, dude, that's awesome. I can't wait to see him. Nowhere in the fucking odd. Nope. We went online, we found the stock video that was pulled from, it was on like a, the photo jungle on one of those sites, you know, the yeah. stock video, stock clip sites, and it's like, God damn it! Yep. It looks so cool, I was so eager to meet this new character, they were 
they were pushing on me. I was like, yeah. half the half the damn commercial. No, nope, nowhere in the movie. No, you know, he's just he's not there. He's not in the haunt. He's not anywhere because he's apparently CGI and doesn't really exist anyway. Yeah, it'd be like you know getting the the advertisements for a movie. Yeah, since since you said the word. <laughs> you get the advertisements for the movie, and then you don't see any of the scenes actually in yeah, the, the trailer, movie. Watching the trailer of the movie, exactly. And then go to the movie, and then like nothing from the trailers in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly what it's like a lot of times with yeah. haunted house marketing and advertising. Yeah, you'll see characters, you'll see images and scenes that have no connection to the haunt. Yeah, or you will see. Uh, this is one that I that I saw in Texas. There was a character that's fairly well known mm-hmm. um so i was excited to see what they do actually in the haunt yeah they weren't in the haunt they were a lion actor who was just standing to take pictures to be fair our lead character is a lion actor too but he is <coughs> yeah but he has interactions he's like you know but it's but yeah. different yeah it, but it, uh, people it, it, i don't think people expect to see bernie inside the haunt no you know, it's never. It's carny, never and part of that is that he's a carny barker. Yeah, so the character you're talking about is a clown character. Right. You expect to see the clowns in the haunt. Yeah, in the clown haunt. <laughs> the there clown. was a clown haunt. Okay, that's a fair point. There, there's a fair point to be had there. Yeah. There's a clown haunt. You have a lead character that's a clown. The character should at least make an appearance in the clown haunt. Yeah. And here's the thing: if you want to have him walking around and shaking hands and things, buy two of the costumes. Yeah. Well, buy two of the costumes and, you know, make sure that both are acting scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're doing something creepy at least. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But long story short, yeah, don't advertise, don't put things in your ads and in your marketing that don't appear in the haunt. Yeah. Six, and we got to, uh, we're getting near the end here. All right. Yeah. Six, rogue actors and staff. This is a huge one for me. Yeah. We have run into this so many times, I think it, I don't think many haunts realize how big of a problem this is. Yeah. This uh, might be something that we just have to, like, get somebody on to talk about <laughs> yeah, at some point. Uh, maybe we can call Japes up again yeah. and have him on yeah. or something. But we, yeah, because this is a huge problem haunted attractions have because mm-hmm. I don't think they do adequate checking on what their actors are doing. Right. Um, but row actors and staff, if you promote yourself and bill yourself and you put in your rules, you're a no-touch haunt, why are some of your damn actors touching me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good God. It's a family-friendly haunt? Why are you swearing? Yeah. Or in one case in a haunt, why are you using racial slurs? Yeah. Yeah. JHC, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, customer experience. Like I said, customer experience is like 80 to 90% of your brand. Mm-hmm. And your actors are the ultimate ambassadors of that. They control it. Yeah. And so if an actor goes off script, yeah, <laughs> you're hosed. Yeah. Your branding is fuckered. <laughs> yeah. You are fuckered. <laughs> so you need, when you go to train your actors, it's not just teaching them timing, teaching them how to scream, teaching them how to be a presence. Right. You've got to teach them how to be on brand. Yeah. Include that in your actor training. What is your brand? How are they supposed to convey that brand? Mm-hmm. How are they, you know, intensify and grow mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And even whether they're uh, just like the gruntiest, shuffliest zombie or the, you know, the, the most interacty actor ever, yeah. they need to know where they fit in that picture. Right. I just, oh man. Yeah. But, Cause, cause we've seen uh, actors that do boo. Yeah. Boo. 
and this and this? No. No. No, no. no. We're currently in this mad scientist lab laboratory with dead bodies everywhere. You don't pop up from underneath there and say boo. No. That doesn't make any sense. No. Unless you're a distract actor. Yeah. I can see it a little bit then. Uh, you know, if you're trying to scare me with boo, boo, poop. <laughs> yeah. Or what? It's like, no, 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 no. You've got to be on brand. You've got to make sure that the actors are trained not just in how to be good scare actors, but how to be good brand ambassadors while they're in there. Right. And got to follow up with them. You got to check up on them. Yeah. And that's also if you take characters to conferences, mm-hmm. those characters need to be on brand at the conference yeah. when they're in public spaces. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And if nothing else, because it's very good practice. Yeah. Exactly. Even if you're not dealing with any future customers there, it's really good practice yeah. to be in character and on brand when you're in an unfamiliar and unpredictable space like that. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a very important tool um, that gets ignored. And if and this is especially mm-hmm. true if you take them to events or things off the property, like you're... Right. Like we like, heard about the haunts doing um the, the clown grams. <laughs> Right, the clown grams. There's also um, parades in a lot of cities for Halloween. Um, your characters there need to be on brand, too. Yeah. Everything has to fit together, and it's important that your actors know very well what is your brand and how they contribute. Right, and if you're a big local haunt and you're putting people in the parade, <coughs> then I want to see those characters in your haunt, too. Yeah. I don't want to see characters I've never seen before. That, you know, look really awesome and are doing awesome things to interact with the crowd, but aren't actually in your haunt. Yeah. And that goes back to the praise as both being an extension of ad- an advertising and also an Act 10 haunt-related activity. So, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And speaking of characters. Yes. Item 7, character control. Right. Um, basically, this is two parts to me. One mm-hmm. is, are the characters in your haunt consistent with your theme and brand? Yeah. We have a strict rule, no um, no copyrighted characters by anybody else. Right. Everything is self-created by us. Even in our little podunk haunt, we do that. Yeah. Very adamant about that because we want to make sure everyone's on brand. That means no Leatherface. That means no Jason, no Freddy. Yeah. Um, no Scream Guy. And I hear a lot of haunts say, but yeah, the customers are so disappointed if they don't, you know, get to see Chucky or Pennywise or whatever. Well, then you haven't given them something better. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that there's two points to that. One is you could have a place where they could be. Like, and I'll give kudos here to the haunt in Houston where they did the movie themed haunt. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's still copyright infringement, but at least Pennywise makes logical sense here. Yes. In a theater. <laughs> in a theater scene. When you go into the movies and we're exploring scenes from movies, yes, it's still copyright infringement, but at least it's logical. Yeah. But for Pennywise, or in one haunt's case, 19 fucking Pennywises, yeah. <laughs> to appear just in a random scene in a haunt that yeah. has nothing to do with it or nothing to do with TVs or movies, yeah. it's just, it's all brand. It's all pudding. And okay, if the customers are disappointed by it, give them something scarier. If you can't make a scarier clown than Pennywise, yeah. come on, you can do that. Yeah. Pennywise, and part of that's because Pennywise has been ground down now. Yeah. We've all been overexposed to Pennywise. Yeah. If you can't come up with something far scarier than Pennywise, you're not trying. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can do it. It's easy. Um, there's so many creepy things you can do with clowns. It's one of the reasons they're so popular in haunts. Yeah. 
I mean, like I said, I'm not huge on creepy clowns. That's not my not not some not my phobia. No, it's not mine either. <clears throat> but hey, if you're gonna do creepy clowns, there's a lot of room and a lot of area you can play with there. Yeah. And even though every haunt seems to do it, there's a lot of room you can be original in it. Mm-hmm. So have fun with it. Um, yeah. Basically, is what I'm saying. Do your own thing. But because of part two is, do you control these characters? Right. Now, if you have a volunteer haunt, mm-hmm. um, any character your actor creates, they own. Yeah. So what that can mean is you can have someone, uh, I, you know, do do that, whatever, come up, build this great character. And they can move from like being in the basement of the haunt all the way to being frontline actor and interacting. They could become the face of your damn haunt. They could be the most important person, most recognizable image of that haunt, and then nap off with it. Yeah. And you can't say a damned thing about it. Right. And this has <clears throat> been an issue that yeah. that we've seen come up time and again. Um, if you look at all of the the board the uh, the communities yeah. out there. This comes up quite often. At least it seems to come up a lot in like November, December. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yep. Um, and also comes up right before haunt season. Right. Basically, you'll see the folks, hey, one of our actors has decided to quit and go to another haunt, and he or she's taking the character with them. Yeah. And uh, what can I do to stop that? Well, were they an employee that created it on your time? Well, no, they're not a goddamn thing. Yeah. If you don't have contracts in place, yeah. then you can't. Do it. Yeah, I mean, and if it's an employee, you may be able to own it if they create the character on your time and the hours you are paying them as part of their job. Right. You will own anything they create. That is good. Yeah, and that includes like makeup, makeup and costume people creating things specifically yeah, for your haunt. Exactly. Um, but if they are doing it, if they came to your haunt with that character, right, or if they created it in the after hours. Yeah, you're like, hey, we need you to be something scary here. Yeah, can you work on a new character tonight? We yeah. need you to, you know, then they're going to own it. If they're doing it off the clock, yeah. on their time, they're going to own it. And once again, they can snap off and take it somewhere else, or they can do their own haunt. They can they can do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and so you want to make sure that these are characters you own. You created them. Mm-hmm. You and your you know management create these characters and give them to your actors, right. say, you are going to be, you know, Jackal the Clown. I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm just making this up as I go. Um, this is the outfit, this is the makeup, this is the persona, this is who you are while you're in the haunt. Yeah. Or while you're working the queue line. Right. If you do that, you own it. But if they come up with the character, they own it. Yeah. And what that means is, like I said, when they eventually leave, so does the character. And that kills branding. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's, like you said, your best-known character. <laughs> like, with us, our best-known character, Bernie, is our creation, wholesale. I'm the actor that does it. Yeah. Um. So, if I leave, I think pretty much the haunt is done. Unless you have someone in mind to take over the other half of the <laughs> that. Which, hey, she probably, she's giving me the look like she does. So, <laughs> I'm just going to back off this before I, I book myself out of a job. I'm just saying things have gone, like, completely sideways for you to go to a different haunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how bad is it if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm suddenly working in New Orleans Nightmare one year? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't think that's likely. Um, but the point I'm trying to say is, um, so we're not going to run any troubles with Bernie Baxter. Right. But like I said, if you have a character in your haunt that was created by one of your um, actors, 
what you can do right now is start thinking about this issue and see about getting a contract in place. You're probably going to have to pay for it. It's yeah. probably not going to be free. It may not even be cheap. Um, but I would seriously get that in place now and sort of try to work with the actor that created that character saying, hey, we want to make this character a bigger part of our marketing and a bigger face in our haunt, but we need to own that right. if we're going to do it. <clears throat> would you be willing to sign it over to us for blah, blah, blah? And, you know, try to work out a deal because, and and get your lawyers involved in this, um, because you're going to want them. But yeah, make sure you own the characters. And and think about it like this even if they don't leave for another haunt, what if they go to a, they start taking side gigs? Yeah. Do a birthday party. Yeah. Just throwing out random stuff that they might do. They they, they (laughs) do a birthday party. And next thing you know, you get reports that your actor, your, you know, Mm-hmm. Your your character, you know, farted on a ten year old's head or something mm-hmm. as part of this birthday party they went to. Well, and the thing is, is that you know there are a few kids that fall in love with characters, and yeah. it might be completely appropriate to do a short um, FaceTime at a birthday party. Yeah, but that's something that you have to realize can also go sideways. Yeah, you need to, if you're going to allow your characters to be used for other things, like the clown grams and so forth, you have to retain tight control of that. Right. Because, like I said, once these characters become the face of your haunt, it's basically the same thing as if you yourself, or it's even worse than if you yourself had done something bad. Right. Because, you know, if you're just the owner, the faceless owner of the haunt, which a lot of haunt owners are, um, then it's not a big deal. You know, if, but if it's your lead character, oh, that's rough. Yeah. That, that's literally the same thing as your haunt doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, be thinking about cr- character control. Uh, we have seen it every year, like I said, in, those, in the groups. Yep. So-and-so left and is taking the character with us to the competitor. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Treat your actors better so they don't leave. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Think about these issues beforehand. Um, yeah, exactly. So, what do you want? I mean, it's a, you can't win this one. You mm-hmm. never, you never own the character. You don't control them. Yeah. So they get to leave, and they get to take it wherever they want. They can take it to your competitor. They can take it nowhere. Yeah. They, so find a way to get control of those characters, characters before the actors ever in the the costume. And it also helps if anything, even if it is an amicable split or the actor gets hurt or yeah. sick. And just can't do it. That way you can put it on someone else. Yeah. And it not be an issue. Yep. Anyways, that's all for this week. Uh, it's been a fun one, like I said. And the whole thing got started because uh, the cornhole boards yeah. we made for the Crown and Anchor here locally. They, they're doing great, by the way. Yeah. They're doing marvelous. But Crystal hand-painted the logo. Right. For Crown and Anchor on there. And then when we get there, we realize there's three different versions of the logo in the bar. Well, yeah, because I, I painted it on, and then I pulled up their Facebook page, and their Facebook page has different colors. And I'm like, oh, no, did I paint the wrong thing? And it's like, no, because you got the... I, from the owner. I got from the, the official, owner. Yeah. <laughs> the, the official, official logo. And it's you like, sent it to me officially. Yeah. Um, and then... We see we're on the patio, and then we see a different crown and anchor logo. Totally different. Yeah, completely. Different crown, different anchor, different chain. Yeah. Just different font. Different font. Yeah, different everything. Just hanging out in the back, and it's like, God damn it. And then Neil. I'm pretty sure that the, the hanging one over the door is a different one. Oh, I'm very sure of it. 
Consistency. What is yeah. consistency? I don't know. Anyways, on that note, everyone, thank you very much for spending the past hour with us. Hope it was useful and entertaining. Um, you can find us at HauntWeekly.com, HauntWeekly on Twitter, HauntWeekly on Facebook, YouTube.com slash HauntWeekly. I'm finally out of the habit of saying tinyurl. YouTube.com slash HauntWeekly is our YouTube channel. Also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this was episode 222, a slot machine episode of Haunt <laughs> Weekly, uh, talking about seven ways haunts sabotage their branding. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>